Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love and we're your hosts shelby and matt yes happy august shelby yes someone rolled the taylor swift song somewhere <laughs> in here our post-production people <laughs> kenneth kenneth yeah can you, can yeah you insert it taylor would welcome it? any and all positive news at this point any good association on a google result will uh, benefit her so yeah <laughs> i was wondering who you paid off for that like bro bible rolling stone article just to get me to talk about taylor swift and my feelings now i i really did a lot of work <laughs> i was like I, I was like, hey, you guys, um, could you could you actually please do a story on which celebrity is using the most private jet fuel? If you could do that, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't even remember if we talked about it, but it had popped up on Twitter that Kylie Jenner was taking like three-minute flights yes, from like Calabasas to LA. Yeah. And Drake. And like, so there were all these... Because all jet, all flights are public info because, you know, you have to land at airports and whatever. And a lot of, a lot of rich people have been trying to make that private because, you know, security and stalkers and whatever, but also probably because of embarrassment like this. Um, Because that story was so viral, someone decided to do like a small study of it. (laughs) Study sounds like a generous term, but they ran the numbers on like some basic data of like how much they fly, the average amount of gas, you like whatever. I don't understand it, but it's it's there. And the the headliner was Taylor Swift is actually the worst. <laughs> Taylor Swift is actually um has actually spent the most by a lot. It was like emphasizing how Taylor is actually the surprise twist. And Kylie Jenner didn't even hit the top ten. Um yes, of like most jet fuel used in a yeah. private jet is that what the official, yeah like, it's like most yeah because obviously flying is a huge carbon footprint and in today's uh eco disaster uh that is seen as something like tangibly different you know you and i could stop using plastic straws stop eating meat stop uh, I don't know, banking with Wells Fargo and our impact would still be significantly less than like half of the flights on this list for these people. Oh, yeah. Well, because I mean, when you're it, flights in general are bad for the environment. Yes. But a when you think about like, OK, a, a commercial flight, the plane is flying in the air, but then that split up between, yeah. you know, 400 people or it's however many basically are on board. public transport. Right. I mean, in some ways it is better than cars when you sort of like oh, yeah. factor it, I believe. Um, and depending on the car and, and such and such. But anywho, the uh, the best is, of course, actual public transit. It's a subway, <laughs> yeah. which I am taking. Um, the best is for these freaking millionaires to just sit in their single mansion and enjoy life. Like, honestly. Right. Just yeah. walk. Just, but yeah. But celebrities, and I feel like I was, so then I was trying to figure out who has private jets and who doesn't have oh, private jets. Yeah. And I, I mean, obviously lots of like billionaires and stuff have them. Yeah. Um, 
but I they are especially popular with musicians yeah. because they are traveling more for concerts and stuff. Like actors, I think, tend to more often use, like just fly first class on a commercial flight, whereas musicians uh, tend to have their own private jet. Taylor Swift, I think, <laughs> however, got into... <sighs> trouble here because she has actually two private jets <laughs> and so that's double the amount of flights that could be taking place which yeah. i couldn't figure out why does she have two well is there reasoning for this i is, think is it part like she's a big enough entourage honestly i don't think so i think it's more I was trying to figure this out. Some people have rumored that she sold one of them but doesn't want to tell people. Like, I think part of it is this, like, security situation. I, I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't know. I don't know. I think she's not, like, flying 700 people at once. So I think she only takes one at a time. But why she needs two sitting there, I'm not sure. Are they, like, maybe they're different sizes or something? Like, yeah. One is smaller or one has, I like mean, the thing that's wild to me is just thinking about, I feel like there's been this bubble, right, of, of instant fame, like, new money. Like, there's suddenly way more millionaires. Like, the dividing line between the wealthy and the non- is, has just gotten huge, the, the great expanse, you know? Yes. And so suddenly every influencer wants that photo of the private jet. They want it. And so there's this new market for not only owning private jets, but renting like an Uber style app for private jets. And then on top of that, you have people like Kim Kardashian who are like touring their private jet that's been lined with like freaking chinchilla or whatever it is. <laughs> minx, minx lined uh, walls on her custom jet. It's all just like about, you know, just overindulgence. And so I think what's interesting about this story is this kind of awakening to like, oh, like what is this? What does this actually mean when someone gets to be so rich that they get to act in a way that completely negates any positive they do in the world? <laughs> I think because we, I feel like we have turned a corner, or at least in a lot of the population, where previously having a private jet was seen as cool. And now it's sort of like, oh, that's actually really bad for the environment yeah. and sort of like a little bit cringy. And so some celebrities are l trying to showcase that less that they're taking Ugh, I don't know on who they are. it's um, like I think it's still seen as a like everyone wants it right you want to be able to like oh I wish I could fly private you know and and I can see the appeal but yeah when you break it down in such ugly terms and you realize like Taylor Swift's jet has flown 170 times this year alone which is almost like once every two days if not less and then and then you know you have kylie and drake taking these 14 minute flights or whatever through california it's like oh wait a second <laughs> well so then so then of course like the pr reps for all these people oh got gosh, involved yes. and are trying to like come up with excuses where the, the drake people were like well <laughs> actually some of these flights weren't short they just their flights that they flew from like to basically park the jet somewhere. Yeah, so it was like yeah, a 12 minute flight, like, but it was really yeah. just park the jet, which yeah, I don't so know if that worse. makes it better or worse. And then with Taylor mm, Swift, they Taylor, were like, well, Taylor. actually all of these flights weren't Taylor. Some of these were flights that she rented, like she was renting her jet out. So other people are using them. Well, she didn't even say rented. She said loaned out. And so yeah. it's like her friends and family, like it's like Jack Antonoff and Gigi Hadid and her boyfriend who all 
no offense to them, could easily fly commercial without any of this like pearl clutching. Oh my gosh, they're too famous to make it through security thing. Like it's like, it's so, that's what's so annoying about that statement. It's like you missed the point entirely. Like it's still her jet. She's still responsible for it. And and if she's not the one flying, then why does anyone need it, right? Like it's not like she's spiriting away like refugees or something. It's just fellow rich people using a service that if it exists should be much harder to use than it is. My favorite thing to come out of this that I enjoyed Mm -hmm. was, so I got on Twitter right (laughs) after this news had dropped. I was like looking at people's reactions. Mm. And this woman who is clearly just like a 14-year-old fan of (laughs) Taylor Swift and trying to do some PR for Taylor (laughs) had like photoshopped a like Instagram DM that was like, hey, Natalie, like I I saw that you started the National Environmental Protection Agency. (laughs) I'm so glad that you started this. I'm going to give you $10,000 just because I love the work that you're doing there. And then if you clicked on this woman's Twitter, like all of her stuff was like founder of the National Environmental Protection Agency, (laughs) which is a government organization. And I was like, clearly this girl is like trying to be like, oh yeah, this is great. And like, She'd no. done the same thing before. Like, I don't think it's a tween who was being sincere. She's kind of, she's definitely a huge fan. And so she likes making up these stories because she did it like Wait, when Taylor a was giving out. person who's done that? <laughs> yeah. Like, she's trolling. Like, she's being funny. She knows she's going to get the attention from both Swifties and then the internet. So it's like to her, because she did it with like this another DM where she was I love like, that you know who this person is. <laughs> yeah. I assume this was like a random one. <laughs> No, she'd done it like where she was getting a DM about meeting her after the NYU graduation or something. And that went viral. And Taylor Nation responded to her tweet and was like, we didn't send this. And she was like, mind your business type thing. Like she was trolling them. (laughs) So it's like when if you go through her tweet, she's like, guys, it's time to time to get my gloves on. I've got to do this for the team type thing. So yeah, she made that up. Oh and it did God. go viral. And it was confusing because to me, I was like, what is happening? I I can't trust her, but this is pretty dedicated because it was in her bio. It was like, I don't know. She like told people to like Google the thing. It's a real thing type thing. Uh, my favorite was someone made a Twitter thread of all the ways Taylor Swift has cared about the environment. <laughs> and one of them was just that she was an, an admirer of the penguins at like Central Park at like oh. Nashville Zoo or something. <laughs> Uh, so i feel like like this this has come after a series of you have been uh, growing more frustrated with taylor swift would you care to voice anything i feel like i need to say it yeah (laughs) basically we went through this entire thing just reverse like three years ago when kanye was going on his pro trump thing and i was just slowly like backing away into the bushes Yeah, I think my realization over the last, you know, I I hesitate to say it's like totally on Taylor. It's more I've just become disillusioned with celebrity in general where I'm like, these people are actively bad. Like even if they're like, quote unquote, doing good, like even if they're trying, even if they have good lyrics or good causes, they are actively harming society and benefiting off of you know, really problematic practices. That's, it's just been a thing percolating from like the 
celebration of Rihanna as the first billionaire, I'm like, well, she shouldn't be a billionaire. Billionaires shouldn't exist. And that's something I've, you know, eat the rich has been my mantra for the last few years. And so I've had to like really come to terms with how disappointing it is to think someone's better than the work they're actually putting out. And especially since I've, you know, become more and more active and engaged in my you know, trying to make a difference politically, socially, whatever it is. And it's just like thinking about how quick Taylor Swift was to like tweet about Ginny and Georgia. And yet Wait, who's Ginny and Georgia? that was like the Netflix show that dared to make a joke about how many boyfriends she had. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And and then seeing how slow she was to like do anything meaningful about anything else and like and the profiting off of you know, the queer community and then not saying anything during these trans attacks and stuff. It's just like, it's just annoying. And it's just like coming to a point where you're just like, you know what? I love, I like music. I, I like, like, I'll still go to a show, whatever. And even with other celebrities, like, you know, everyone's problematic, but at some point you just have to appreciate art because that's all we have to spark joy in our life. But I don't think I can count as a stan anymore. It is frustrating because, I mean, I'm, I'm, have been and will continue to be working on this list for BuzzFeed of ranking pop star documentaries, which is never ending because they're just more and more of them keep rearing their ugly heads. Um, So it's like my editor was like, oh, well, now we should add the Machine Gun (laughs) Kelly one. I guess Shania Twain has a documentary. It's like, I'll be 100 years old still watching (laughs) these. Um, But Taylor Swift is obviously... Yeah. on the list, Miss Americana. And I had revisited that for doing the ranking and yeah. was just, I remembered it, but I remember like, it, it was sort of shocking to me how much the documentary is like, Taylor Swift is now a political person, yeah. but she's actually always been a political person. Like a big part of who she is, is that she is she a feminist yeah. and she cares about her fans and she's standing up for the LGBTQ community and just all of this stuff and how the song she released in that is sort of like a political anthem. And yeah. then she had the, you need to calm down music <laughs> video where she was just like surrounded by all of the gay people, which was a slightly tone deaf, music video just in and of itself but it's yeah yeah, it is it is sort of startling to go back and watch that and then to go to her twitter feed and (laughs) see like one retweet of michelle obama about abortion and then the most recent thing about that was was her attacking some guy on twitter who said that she didn't have uh (laughs) that she didn't write her own songs it's like there's so many things that she could be throwing her weight around about like she has a lot of fans and a lot of influence and if she you know was making statements about the don't say gay bill and flying to florida and mm-hmm. you know do flying her private jet both of them to florida um <laughs> you know there's things that like she could potentially yeah. be doing that she is not and and that's frustrating in general with celebrities but it's more frustrating when the celebrity has recently sort of done an image rebrand mm-hmm. saying that they are like a force of political good and yet can't manage to do like the bare minimum of just tweeting about some of these things yeah and i don't I don't, I haven't like pivoted into like hater, fake, like she's canceled, whatever. But, but yeah, the disappointment we're is real. Close, which is, which <laughs> I got is into fun. a, I got into a fight on Reddit, on the Taylor Swift Reddit with, um, of course, someone who was like, 
OMG, she posted about voting in Nat in Tennessee, our woke queen. And I was like, don't you think she could be doing more? And they were like, why do these fans just keep saying she could be doing more? It's like, it's so hard. She's scared of like stalker. Like there's always an excuse. There's always an excuse like privacy. Oh, she's so defensive. She can't do anything right. If she did something, everyone would still be saying do more. And it's like, do I believe that Taylor Swift could change uh, the the march towards fascism for America single-handedly? No. But do I believe that she has more influence than little old me and the people who are being told, oh, you got to vote. You got to vote. This is on you if you don't vote. Like, yes, I do. I think even just by sheer, obviously she has star power. Obviously any senator would welcome her for a sit down. Like, could she fix the dark money problem in our government? No, of course not. I'm not delusional enough to think that celebrities are our saviors, but they have so much resources that could be going to do so much good. Even with this flight thing, her statement was so unnecessary. She could have said, oh, wow, yeah, when you lay it out like this, this is bad. I'm going to do something X, Y, Z different. Like, Obviously, like, oh, I'm going to like plant a tree for every flight I take doesn't actually make a difference in the long run. But even that would be something showing like, you know, I, I guess I could throw them a bone type thing. And it's just like the same with like Drake being like, oh, I wasn't on the flight. It was just parking. It's like, well, are you really that dense? Like, are you really <laughs> missing the point that hard? Like they just live in this in this little, I don't know, like tiny little bubble of thinking they are the main character. And so any criticism about what they're doing is actually about them as a person. And so they don't want to do work to change what they're doing. And that's a frustrating part. And like, sure, I think there's a bigger societal, like a bigger personality issue with someone who's willing to take a three-minute flight rather than a 80-minute flight, which I think is Taylor's. Like, you know, at least that's like literally hours of driving versus 40 minutes. So it's like, well, whatever, like reason with it. But but it's still like we shouldn't be tripping over ourselves to stand up for these celebrities who will step on our neck any chance they get. Yes. (laughs) But that's true of everyone. (laughs) Speaking of celebrities who are, you know, in the doghouse, Will Smith came out of nowhere to release his um, apology, I guess, for the slap at the Oscars where he slapped uh, Chris Rock. We, of course, went into this Mm -hmm. ad nauseum when it (laughs) happened. Um, But I don't think that Will Smith had... I mean, like, he had sort of released a statement, but he hadn't really, like... um, talked about it like publicly since then he came out with a youtube video which is um it's like five minutes long he's sort of kind of apologizing to will smith and to various other people for the slap and how that impacted them but it's in a format where he's sort of like answering questions that his like PR team, you know, has clearly yeah. curated and put together. So it it has the appearance of sort of an Instagram live kind of thing, <laughs> but obviously this is very scripted. Um and I think it's it's not the worst apology that I've ever heard, but it's also not the best. There's like a couple of places at one point he says he's trying to be remorseful without being ashamed of himself. And I'm a little bit like, 
<laughs> but you did slap somebody. So like maybe there's a little bit of room to be ashamed of yourself. Um, I don't know. It, I obviously think this is a PR move that they have to do at some point because Will Smith has various projects that were already lined up before all of this that are, you know, coming out at some point. He obviously wants to continue working and getting put into <laughs> new projects. So this had to happen. We'll see what the results of it are. I feel like it didn't get that much news, actually, but... Um, I don't well, know. Did he did it right during Beyonce's album drop, yes. so I slid that in tricky, there. Tricky, tricky. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm all for an apology period that takes accountability. Whether you think it's sincere or not, it means something. And celebrities learning how to say it without getting defensive, I feel like, is a good thing. You know, um, I don't think it means the work is done or whatever, but I also don't think it was intended to maybe – I don't think people's minds were changed on the situation, right? Like it no. wasn't meant to be like, here's my viewpoint. Please understand yes. me. That's true. And so I think that at least is a valuable piece. But yeah, I mean, I think the timing was good because if he'd come out with that right away, everyone would be like, why didn't you just talk to him directly? Blah, 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 blah. And I think him admitting that he's like, I want to give him time to, you know, like it's the, it's not on the apology receiver's plate to make the apologizer feel good for apologizing and i think that's often lost um and i think the movie um i think a lot about with that with the movie emergency where this white girl wants to apologize and the and the oh, yeah. black characters are like whatever this doesn't matter and i think that's like a fair part of apology uh, etiquette so that's the piece i watched honestly it was like 5 minutes and i <laughs> feel like getting into it all um so do i think it like suddenly righted the ship completely no do i think it was a necessary step definitely and like you said as far as apologies go it wasn't offensive and maybe that's all we can expect from celebrity uh mess ups like this um i know chris rock than his speech at the yeah. Oscars, so that's <laughs> yeah. a plus yeah so there was some learning and growing going on somewhere um and chris rock for his part did acknowledge it not the apology but the incident in his stand-up um he had he had said earlier that he wasn't ready to talk about it and so ironically or conspiratorially on the same weekend that will smith dropped his apology chris rock started talking about it and he's like people who think words hurt more than you know slaps haven't been slapped type thing so it seems like maybe they'll both get over it, but I don't. I don't know. I don't know if it. I don't know if I have the energy to care. Well, also, I it, it is sort of weird too because, like, Will Smith obviously won Best Actor for King Richard, um, yeah. and in some ways that felt like it, it had been a long time coming. But I feel like in prior to King Richard. Will Smith had sort of been on a losing downward yeah. trajectory for a while. So it's not like he was, I mean, it, in some ways he was at his peak when he lost, but in other ways it sort of feels like, okay, well, if he kind of, you know, fades into oblivion and is making some, you know, weirder movies that aren't really doing well for the next five years, that's not going to be that different than what was happening before this. Right. Um, so, yeah. 
yeah, we'll see. I think he has an Apple movie called Emancipation that was already filmed. So that will mm. be coming out at some point. But the fall festival lineups have come out and I have not seen any mention of that. So maybe they're saving that for next year's mm. cycle yeah. um, or not trying it for awards at all. But <laughs> yes, that happened. Yeah. Um, well, I, um, yeah, there's this. So Bridgerton, Netflix show. Um, oh, yes, I saw this. the Grammys, this Bridgerton musical won Best Musical, um, Best Musical Theater Album. And it was kind of a shock because this came together from these two TikTok stars, um, Abigail Barlow and Emily Bear. So they made up these Bridgerton-themed – they made Bridgerton into a musical and and would like – throw little snippets together on TikTok and everyone's like, OMG, do the full album. I have to hear this. And so they literally just took season two of Bridgerton and wrote songs for the characters following the same plot, same, you know, rise and falling action, all of it. It was for season two? Yeah. Yeah. So this was all really recent. This is very quick. Yeah. 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 And it was immediately popular. They, They put together the album and released it on Spotify. And they had, what I saw was they had permission from Netflix to do this. Um, because as long as they didn't like profit from it. So they couldn't sell the album and they couldn't like hire anyone else to work on it. Like it's just them doing the instruments. It's just them doing the singing. So it was just like this little pet project for them that happened to blow up. They won the Grammy. It was a huge deal. Everyone's obsessed with it. Even some of the Bridgerton stars were like, oh yes, I love it. It's so great. Uh, Such a joy. Then they announced that they're going to do a live performance of it at the Kennedy Center in New York. (laughs) And it sold out immediately. Netflix got wind of this and they were like, um, actually this goes against everything we agreed on. So you can't do this unless you buy this licensing agreement. And they didn't, but they still did the show. (laughs) And so they do this show, they sell Bridgerton merch, like, this isn't parody, so it doesn't fall under the fair use law of something like a very Potter musical. Um, it's not making fun or changing or satirizing or making commentary on or adding anything to. It's literally just Bridgerton 2 with original music. So Netflix announced that they're suing them. Um, and I am curious to see where this goes because I don't know how they thought they'd get away with it. I mean, if the licensing fee they were offered was so expensive that it was impossible to pay, like, I don't know how they're going to pay for lawyers to fight Netflix's, you know? But they're yeah. going to try. <laughs> I would not want to be going against Netflix, especially I feel like Netflix has a has sort of a whiff of desperation about them at the yeah. moment because their <laughs> stocks and stuff have been tanking and their numbers are down. And so I feel like they do. I would not want to. They're not like at the, in a giving spirit at the moment. Right. I think that they need whatever money they can get. Yeah. They can, and I feel like what they probably are hoping for is that they will sue them. They will not be able to pay. And so in exchange, we'll give them the rights to right. the music stuff. And then Bridgerton and Netflix will be, I'm sure, you know, trying to get this on Broadway yeah. as fast as possible. <laughs> yeah, because it's like their claim in the lawsuit is you've taken, you know, valuable intellectual property from Netflix, original series Bridgerton, check, to build an international brand for themselves, uh, check and check. Like, it's like, I don't know how well, you skirt around and, this one. And as someone who used to work in media rights for yeah. book to film, like Bridgerton 
the book series yeah. definitely like like the the author probably still has theater rights mm. t- to the book because I don't think they would have sold those to Netflix. They right. those aren't that's not standard. You usually um, keep those. And then if there is a version of the play that is based on the Netflix show <laughs> itself and the work there sort of like based on the book, then those would be owned by Netflix. Um, so like these rights are not. Like the like stage musical rights are yeah. different, and then also merchandise rising <laughs> rights. That's a whole nother thing. So I they know. could sue them for a lot of money. Well, and it's just confusing because this wasn't like a hole in the wall like community theater. It's the Kennedy Center, so it's yeah. like, did they mislead the Kennedy Center? Did the Kennedy Center agree to go along with it, even though they didn't have the rights? Like, yeah, another interesting. Curious, wrinkle. curious. Um, but again. The thirst for virality and speculation, you know, uh, the spectacle of it all. I, I think we got to slow down on this on this thirst for instant fame. Like it's just <laughs> the Kennedy Center probably had them sign an agreement where it was like, if any legal action is taken against yeah. you for anything, like you have to deal with that. That's not on us. Yeah. Which is smart for the Kennedy Center. <laughs> Um, speaking of legal action, this is an episode of Great Segways. Yeah, uh, Shakira might be going to jail. <laughs> Yeah, I did see this. Poor Shakira. She is um, arrested on charges of tax fraud in Spain. The Basically what happened is you have to pay a certain amount of taxes to wherever you are, to whatever country you are a resident of for the most part of the year. So like if you have houses in multiple states or multiple countries, whichever one you live at the most is the one that you have to pay the taxes or I mean you pay taxes for all of them but like you have to pay more taxes in that place depending on where you are it it changes things right so sometimes celebrities or rich people will buy houses in places where the taxes are lower in order to try to get out of paying taxes someplace that's higher um and so I guess this is what Shakira did. She had a house in Spain, but she also had a house in the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. And so she is claiming that she spent most of her time that year in the Bahamas rather than Spain to try to get out of paying taxes. But the Spanish government is saying, actually, you spent most of your time in Spain, not the Bahamas. And so you owe us a bunch of tax <laughs> money. And she, um, there was a plea deal, I guess, on the table, which she turned down. So now this is going to trial. And if she loses, they could sentence her with eight years in jail and a fine of $24 million, which I like the way that I'm reading this is that Shakira must like have good evidence that she is in the right right? because otherwise to risk going to jail for (laughs) eight years over money feels ridiculous to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know what it's like to have a lot of money, so maybe you are that blinded by it. But yeah, it seems like she's pretty confident. Um, and I have no idea what the legal system in Spain is like, surprisingly. So maybe her lawyers were like, oh, yeah, we got this. I wonder what Shakira's net worth is. Let's take a look at this, shall we? Um, because it's like she hasn't really been doing that much. <laughs> she did the to- Super Bowl. Yeah, but how much money is she getting paid on the Okay, her her net worth is three hundred million dollars according to celebritynetworth.com. <laughs> so she right. should definitely have just paid whatever this was. <laughs> well, maybe she doesn't have the money, Matt. Desperate times, like you said. Her net worth's three hundred million dollars. 
Sell but something. that's all tied up in Sell who knows, you know? Sell it's just a, Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any other news that you want to get into? <laughs> I just want to say, uh, if you're disappointed in my disappointment in Taylor Swift, please don't take it out on our podcast and leave us mean reviews. You can send us mean emails or DMs, but <laughs> I send just, them. I feel bad enough. <laughs> no, you know what? I'll fight them. Send me some emails. I'd love to. <laughs> Um, but no, love it or hate it, I I do have a love it. I watched Not Okay, which is uh the Zoe Dutch Dutch Deutsch Deutsch Zoe Deutsch movie that came out on Hulu this week with your favorite Dylan, with Dylan O'Brien. O'Brien. Yeah, this is what he bleached his hair for. I guess he plays like a stoner dude. Um, so he's moved on. No more Taylor Swift. <laughs> now it's just Dylan O'Brien, who I would guess does not have a private jet. He, I don't think anyone in this cast does. Um. But it was kind of just a, you know, as a debut director who was an actress, Quinn Shepard. I don't know her, but she has a few uh, roles under her belt. But she directed this movie that she also wrote um, that's about this zillennial wannabe writer for sort of a Jezebel-esque celebrity gossip personality culture site. And she is sad about her life of not being where she wants or knowing cool people or having a cool boyfriend such as Dylan O'Brien. And she fibs about going on a trip to Paris only to wake up and realize that that exact time in Paris was uh, a terrorist attack. And so then she has to decide, is she going to dig into this lie or come clean? And she sort of rides the fame. It is very much Dear Evan Hansen. Um, meets Ingrid Goes West. It's it's very much uh, Wait, a dark a comedy. No, no, no. But I mean, no. the storyline is almost identical, right? Like it's someone who it it's like literally <laughs> someone watched Dear Evan Hansen is like I can do this better, and I think for the most part she did. It's really compelling in an interesting way. Um, it was sort of it went viral for having this. Um, content warning at the beginning that was like language and drugs and an unlikable female protagonist, (laughs) which made me laugh out loud. But a lot of people, it was lost on the satire and uh, snark was lost on a lot of people. Um, And which was ironic too, because then a lot of people were like, this movie's unwatchable because she's so unlikable. (laughs) And she is very unlike, she's not a good person. But I found that like such a compelling way to look at our obsession with you know like we've talked about this episode with nope whatever with um fame with spectacle with is selling ourselves off profiting off of trauma trying to get ahead like it makes reference to caroline calloway who's like a famous instagram personality for doing similar things um and yet it makes this really interesting pivot that links it to the real lived trauma of a high school school high school shooting survivor who has used her trauma to like try and instigate change and you know uh, attend these political rallies and whatnot and i really loved how they at first seemed to fall into this trope of like bad white person gets a uh what's the term uh money like a positive arc like a change like they get to be (laughs) oh yes Mm mm-hmm be the change you would see in the world. Yeah, like it's like, oh, they did something bad, but the redemption, the redemption arc. 
Um, oh, yes, that. And so, and this doesn't fall for that in the traditional sense. So I really enjoyed it. And it was actually like very funny and clever and fresh. Um, a lot of it is over the top. A lot of it is very uncomfy and stressful because, you know, you're watching someone just make an absolute mess making these lies up as she goes. And I thought it was good. I think if you liked Ingrid Goes West, it has a lot of that like energy. Um, and I loved Ingrid Goes West. And my editor was telling me about this this morning yeah. and said that he thought that I would like it and that it sort of has like an – um, he said like an uh, Emily in Paris meets I care a lot energy, which I also yeah, yeah, was I like, these are all, we're circling, <laughs> we're circling in a good place. The private jet is yeah. circling and <laughs> I'm enjoying yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's worth watching. It's, it's yeah. like I said, it's on, it's on my so list. It's easy to get to. Um, I'm excited. And a good indulgence. So. Mm. Well, speaking of good indulgence, Beyonce released her new album. <laughs> speaking of celebrities who speak can disappoint. No. <laughs> I can't hate on Taylor and Beyonce in the same episode. Why would you joking. hate on Beyonce? Beyonce I mean, crossed the picket line literally four months ago. Like, what do you want me to say? These celebrities are profiting off of systems wait, that what oppress picket people. picket line did she cross over? The Hotel Marmont or whatever, where she had her what? Oscar party. Google it. Honestly, it Matt, I can't Who were they you. picketing? The employee, picketing the employees, the employees. Were picketing the hotel? The, yeah. And she because, had a party there? Yes. And she literally physically was photographed crossing the picket line I didn't with this. all her celebrity friends to go to this party so she could write, break my soul. Anyways. Wait, so she was hosting a party, <laughs> but there was no workers at it? I mean, they had to find workers, but there was a strike ongoing at the time. But the strike was not against Beyonce. No, it was against, it was the, against hotel the hotel where she was hosting Where she had it. the thing booked. Okay. Anyways, it doesn't matter. My point I'm is not, celebrities yes, are I can't get into that. The legal issues, <laughs> I, I can't. Anyways, I'm only an expert on several things such as yeah. copyright law yeah. and... Um, Beyonce has and, a new album and it's fun. Yes. It's good. Beyonce has a new album. Beyonce, we have been waiting for this album for forever because... Beyonce's last album, Lemonade, came out a while ago. She had then, another one. Oh, sorry. I interrupted your story. Okay. Well, then she then she had the Carters with Jay-Z, oh, which okay. was fine, but, you People know, featured count it. heavily Jay-Z. Okay. Okay, okay. And then she had the Gift, the Lion King right. album, okay. which I did really grow to enjoy and have <laughs> listened to a lot. There's a lot of really good songs in there. And the music video or the visual album for that is gorgeous and has some of the most stunning costumes I've ever mm -hmm. seen. But as a whole, we've been waiting for an actual like Beyonce Beyonce album since Lemonade, which came out in 2014, 2015, sometime yeah, around there. I swear there was another. What was what do you have didn't she do two visual albums? Yes, Beyonce, the self-titled oh. album, which came out in like 2012. Okay, that okay. was while I was in college. And then Lemonade, which came out after. Oh, okay. Um, that's right. Because right. Beyonce was sort of her, like, um, I'm black and I'm feminist album. Right. And right, then right, Lemonade right, right, was right. the infidelity album. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So, she, so we've been waiting for this. It's been, like, rumored for a while. Then she did a fairly standard release structure, which mm -hmm. is surprising for her because she hasn't done that. She was the one who sort of... 
um, not originated, but, you know, did the surprise drop album for Beyonce. And since then, it's been helter-skelter on people's (laughs) album release strategies. And so... This, we got Break My Soul a while ago, which was fun. She said that this was going to be sort of more of a disco dance album. Um, She wanted to make something more, like, enjoyable since uh, she was coming out of COVID and, you know, everybody was stuck at home. She wanted to make something that you could dance to that was very dancey. So I was excited for this because I think a lot of Beyonce's best work so far has been in that genre, although she hasn't had an album that is... Yeah. You know, just focused on that. Um, so I was very excited for the album. I went to an album release party that was held at a gay bar. That was a mistake because I could oh. not hear a word that anything uh, was say- that she was saying. Um, people near me had like lyrics to the song pulled up on their phone. I was like, this is this is hell. Get me out of here. Um, but I stayed the whole time because I didn't want to be rude to the friends who I was yeah. with and say this was a shit. And you Instagrammed yeah. about it and, and I made Instagram it look like it was a good time. Yes. Uh, well, of course. Of course. What else is Instagram for aside from that? But the album was also leaked two days ahead of time. And then, but I didn't listen to the leak because I'm a good fan. And it came out. I really like it. It's very, um, it's very dancey. It's very disco-y. It, you know, samples like Donna Summer and stuff like that. So if that's the vibe of music that you like, this is definitely in your wheelhouse. It's not nearly as vocally heavy as I think some of her previous albums have been. Um, but it's oh gosh, it's definitely more of like a... What? Did you hear the Sesame Street theme song? <laughs> Sorry. What? My, my phone started Street playing music, and so I thought you must have heard it, but it's oh, fine. Oh, no. I was like, I was like, did I was Beyonce trying to pull up the. the <laughs> I was trying to song? pull up the album to remember which songs I liked, and it, it's a whole thing. I'm sorry, my apologies. Okay. Wow, way to just. I'm not <clears throat> gonna cut this. I'm gonna leave this in to shame you. Um, the yes, the album is very good. I really enjoyed it. The uh, I keep going back and forth onto which songs are my favorite, but Pure Slash Honey in the back half is really really good. Um, I also really like Summer Renaissance, which is the last song on the yes. album. There is, what is it? Alien Super. What's that one called? Um, that I also really like. It's like the third trick. Alien Superstar. Yes. And Church Girls Good. They're all good. It's very, <laughs> there's not like ballads and stuff really yeah. on it. And so it's much more of an album that you could just like play at a club and vibe to. And just also sure it's something loud, that. I guess. I think is really cool or that I thought was cool about the album, not to, you know, after we've just been crapping on how all celebrities are bad, which Beyonce, <laughs> yes, also has a private jet. So, you know, questions mm. about there, but I do appreciate, and she's also receiving money from this. So, you know, monetizing the trauma of others, blah, 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 blah. But the album is dedicated to her uncle who was gay, who died of AIDS. And a lot of the, there's a lot of references to the black queer community on it there's a lot of like sampling and um and you know referencing to that and and those people were you know paid for their work um there's a weird legal drama going on right now about the woman who sang on the milkshake song but actually that's not like I don't want to get into that. But anyway, (laughs) um I, I, I appreciate that Beyonce is I feel like doing 
like in this era where there Mm -hmm. is a lot of attacks on queer people and especially trans people and especially trans people of color for Beyonce to highlight them in such a prominent way is something that I am appreciative of. So I really like the album for a lot of different reasons. I think it's important to say that art is powerful and just because artists are problematic and often disappointing, uh, we can still find joy in those pieces unless they're child rapists, but that's not here. Yes, unless (laughs) we all have to have a line. Uh, But in general, you know, we can't wait for the perfect, flawless person to write us a bop because unfortunately there are no perfect, flawless people. Because unfortunately, Shelby and I are bad. Yeah, we can't sing, but we're working on it. We'll get Bear and Barlow on it to write P.S. You're Wrong, the musical. (laughs) Yes, and then we'll sue them with (laughs) my legal expertise. And by that point, we'll be able to buy a jet. Yes, two. Yeah. And I'll be driving it five minutes at a time, please, to go get Popeyes. Yeah. Well, you live in – oh, no, you don't live in Bushwick anymore, so. I never lived in Bushwick. You're right. You're right. You can fly to Bushwick and visit Rory, and then it'll be worth it. Yes, Rory lives in Bushwick. Yeah. There's a Popeyes here, though. I can fly there. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, well, uh, we get to talk more about podcasts on That's our next real. episode because we're covering BJ Novak's movie Vengeance. Uh, I got the date wrongs last week and Bodies, Bodies, Bodies does not come out this week. So BJ Novak it is. Um, That'll be to talk two weeks about. in a row because podcasts also feature into Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. So really it's a podcast oh, perfect. heavy. It's a podcast heavy Very lineup meta. we got in August. Yes. <laughs> Um, but in the meantime, you can send Shelby or I hate mail for <laughs> our thoughts on Taylor Swift. Um, and you can leave a review. Yes. You can, you know, go back and listen to our old episodes. We are working on a fun 200th episode of the podcast, which will feature a look back at some of our finer moments on the show. So if yes. you want to peruse our archives, now is the time to do it. Oh, yeah. Um, anything else, Shelby? Oh, no. Just uh, pray for me in these trying times. Thank you. Yes. Pray for her and the Sesame Street team. (laughs) Okay. We will see you guys on Thursday. Bye. Bye.